Yeah, we're in. Yeah. Cool. What are we doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is the Real Good Podcast. You don't interrupt. You do not interrupt my introduction. Here with me today is... You guys couldn't do what I do. This is the Real Good Podcast. My name is John Roback and with me is Blake Why So Serious Curtis. Nah, I couldn't do it. And Derek, have you ever danced with the devil in pale moonlight, Armstrong? I always ask that of all my prey. <laughs> That's the next line. Unfortunately, Derek doesn't even know what that line's from. He just really it's does not ask. Ba- it's from Bat Dance yes, by Prince, it is. isn't it? Uh, this episode is called I'm Here for the Gang Bang And that's because Ooh. we'll be talking about Todd Phillips' Joker does, does, <laughs> Do either of you guys get that reference? Uh, I wish I did I like gang bangs I thought this was just what we, you know, what we were here for uh, Todd Phillips' uh, cameo in his own film Old School His uh, one line is I'm here for the gang bang yes. Excellent And <laughs> in the YouTube clip of his I think it was the Venice Film Festival Where he won big Of his acceptance speech about five of the comments were just, I'm here for the gangbang, <laughs> which I thought was very funny. Hey, here's what a synopsis we found about? on the internet. Did you say what movie it is? Oh, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> said probably did. I did, yeah. You just got, yeah, get, you know, distracted by the gangbang. <coughs> Don't get distracted by the gangbang, fellas. <laughs> Keep you cool. Oh. Here's the synopsis for the Joker we found on the internet. Forever alone in a crowd, failed comedian Arthur Flex seeks connection as he walks the streets of Gotham City. Arthur wears two masks, the one he paints for his day job as a clown and the guise he protects in a futile attempt to feel like he's part of the world around him. Isolated, bullied and disregarded by society, Fleck begins a slow descent into madness as he transforms into the criminal mastermind known as the Joker. Blakey, say something about the film. Um, uh, Is there anything to say about this film? I think there's, there's, there's not much to discuss. Like I, no one's discussed it on the internet or yep. anything like that, have they? It hasn't been done. It hasn't <laughs> been done at all. Um, we gotta add our voices. I look. I enjoyed it. I uh, I didn't really enjoy the film. I went in with a very high amount of expectation, and unfortunately, the film did not live up to it. No, it did not. Um, for me, I feel like the film was caught between <laughs> two worlds. At one point, you're part of the DC universe. You're a superhero film. And they're trying to create something that rivals Marvel. And at the same time, you've got this film that's trying so hardly to be an homage to Taxi Drive, Taxi Driver and um, King of Comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, King of Comedy being one of my favourite films of all time. And just, I would love to have just seen that descent into madness. Like, that's really interesting. But it was just constantly coming back to the idea that, it. oh, no, it's also the Joker. Let's not forget that it's the Joker. It's Batman's arch nemesis yeah. and therefore it was caught it was caught between two worlds and it just didn't do either thing super well it just kind of hung in the middle and awkwardly you know wasn't sure who it wanted to dance with which you know which person the devil in pale moonlight yeah go on which devil it wanted to dance with and then in the end the devil both devils went home with other people and so <laughs> the joker was just left devil having to go home devilless a- and alone <laughs> Oh, Joker. And it was sad oh, to Joker, watch for Joker, me. Joker. But, like, I did enjoy it. But, you know, that was my overall thought. You know, The I, best I I'll say about it is that at the end, I wasn't sure whether I enjoyed it or not. Oh, yeah. Over time, I decided that I did not enjoy it. Well, I had the same reaction. I wasn't sure if I enjoyed it or not, so I saw it again, and I enjoyed it even less. Yes. Yeah. It's So, there's a lot to say about this film, obviously. And uh, I read a, a, a post, um, a blog post by somebody that I thought really encapsulated well, where he's like, which of, the four, which of the four arguments do you want to have about this film? You can have the argument about 
whether it be, whether it stays true to the DC universe, you can have the argument about what it's putting into the world. You can have the argument about its weird like racial politics that we could get into. I mean, there's like four different arguments you could have. About what was, wait, well, what was hey, the what's four? What's one? I don't remember. Well, see, I said there <laughs> oh, were like four. Three? Okay. <laughs> I can't remember what the other one is. But, what's uh, the racial well, one? There's the other, there, then there's the argument about its general level of craftsmanship. The racial argument is how so almost every character that he interacts with is a minority in this film. Um, but there's I can't quite figure out what the purpose of it is. It's almost like an attempt to say, see, we're not racist, or see, we're not going to put just one token minority and we're going to put a token minority in every scene. But most of the time, he's butting up against that person. I, and I thought that was really problematic. Well, the, I think the idea was, would be to show that, or an attempt to kind of relate to that character, for Joker to try and relate, or at least the other character to try and relate to the what Joker. What really sets me off on the wrong foot was that scene at the beginning when he's playing the little game on the bus with the kid and trying to make faces at him and the mother turns around and says stop messing with my kid it's such an unsympathetic betrayal of that mother because what he was doing was extremely innocent but, but like if you for me like with that mother's point of view being in that shitty bus you're not expecting some bloke to just be a good bloke talking to your kid i would assure, I like the world they're trying to paint is that it, this world of gotham is so fucked that but it's not no one of like the rules. No one's of, in it to be a good bloke. But it's like, not like one of the rules of like social interaction in the world that you're allowed to make faces at a kid and the parent always thinks it's cute. Like, but I that's mean, what it's saying. The world's so that's, fucked that's, up in this that. world yeah. that uh, that he also no. he, he also does butt heads with people like Thomas Wayne and Alfred, who's white, okay. and the three guys he shoots on the train. I think they're white, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's so it, it and that's what the I as with almost everything in this film, you could you. Different people can look at it different ways, and I think that's that's both a strength and a weakness of this film. Is it's an everything for everybody kind of film, because weirdly the rebellion that's being incited that the Joker stands for can be interpreted as either a left rebellion or a right rebellion. It's like it's got like I think for me the most obvious thing is that the Joker represents incels, because um, you know he, uh, do you know what an incel is? No. Uh, an inv involuntary celibate. It's a pers It's it's a it's a class of people of people, obviously mostly men in, and I think mostly in the U.S. who describe themselves as people who want to have romantic relationships, but no one will be with them, and so it's turned them angry and politicized them. Yeah. Something. So 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 that's the one group. But then there's also um, the you know. Occupy Wall Street crowd fight, fighting the one percenters. Yeah. So it's like the film itself is basically. I think this film exists to poke to push buttons, but it doesn't even care what buttons yeah. it's pushing. He, Todd Phillips he he raises everything with just the smallest degree of thought, and then doesn't uh, engage with it or back it up in in a, in a considered way at all. Well, so I think he raises all these things and sort of puts all these things forward, and then has enough craftsmanship to mask it so maybe to some it seems like it is more thoughtful than it is because it raises them but i think raising a lot of stuff isn't actually uh doesn't make an intelligent film i think you have to engage with those uh topics intelligently to be an intelligent well film. i think he's quite good i think he's quite good at, at um necessarily but him i think he's quite good at maybe potentially painting what he sees he may not necessarily be deep enough or smart enough to make a comment about what he's seeing, but I think he's trying to. He just often tries to, ref, in his films, reflect this is how people are and I see in the world, and that's why it's brought up. So it's like I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying, Derek. And as I think, 
that's almost what the film was trying to do is like with the incel thing is that like yes and that very much represents the lone shooters in america yeah. like a lot of the time right. people who go on those killing sprees are those people who are often rejected by girls and they get fucking angry and therefore yep. they go and shoot people and they let all that anger out and but at the same time him being an incel in this film he has unintentionally um got the attention and the hearts and minds of people who are the minorities who are the the wall street um occupy wall street crowd mm-hmm. and so it's like the wrong the wrong reason is at the heart and the root of the movement and they don't realize around it that the the the, the joker at the at the key is not someone who should be followed. Well, he doesn't really stand for anything himself. He's just but they don't know mentally that. unstable. I, I, right. In the film, in the film, the, the Occupy Wall Street people don't realize that. No, and so I think if you're going to follow the trajectory of the Joker that we know from films like The Dark Knight, he intentionally has no philosophy. He's an anarchist, you yeah. know. And so, uh, and I think I pref- I prefer, and this may be simplistic, I prefer that version of the Joker who is more just like an embodiment of chaos and evil than one who you know, was chained to a radiator and beaten well, repeatedly, the, which but he's not, but that, uh, but that's, I agree. That's a simplistic take. Exactly. And that's yeah. not a character. Unfortunately, that's right. what makes the joke so scary in the, in the bat. But don't the you like the Knight. ledger better? Ledger Joker better. Uh, but of course it's so much scarier because it's like, I don't understand how this person works and operates. And so to create a film about trying to expose how that person works and operates, it's, there's going to be, that and so it's like it's almost giving the joke human roots so he can become something that's not human um do you think that joker becomes heath ledger's joker or do you think that they're entirely different characters different yeah yeah for sure they're yeah, different. I, I i think um uh what, what bothered me a little bit this film is how it deals with the realities of mental health through the lens of um like a comic book universe and I don't like, honestly, I don't know enough about mental illness to be able to really um, discuss this at length or with any real insight, but it felt a bit naff and tacky to me. It's too, the, it's too serious to be a comic book movie, yeah. but it's too much of a comic book to be a serious movie. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And I don't... I, core I, between two worlds yeah. thing. Yeah, and I, and I actually don't think um, it's... Um, yeah, it, it felt it just felt a bit off to me. Um, sort of um, really, sort of in, in, uh, hammering home that this guy is mentally ill, and it sort of seemed like it was trying to depict, you know, r- yeah, realities of mental illness, but then without any consideration, and also through a comic book lens. And what's well, yeah. aesthetic is is very realistic. Yeah, right? yeah. It's well, not it, it doesn't it, it everything that occurs in the film is something that could really occur. There's nothing yeah. supernatural. So you're kind of led down this path to believe that this is a, a realistic view of all of the issues it's grappling with. But then it has this like ridiculous final scene where the Joker's running back around running around like a Looney Tunes character being followed by orderlies in the hospital with this kind of like music playing or whatever. You know, it's like which is it? Mm. Well, that's what like <laughs> I think in what, you know, in what I agree completely with what Joss is saying is is, is for me, one of the, the the things that really didn't match up is the way that um, the Joker talked and acted in this film. And then that was one type of character. And then his his notebook, when you saw glimpses of it and what was in it, depicted a completely different character. Like the Joker, we was talking was so well spoken. And then the book, you know, that it was there was just grammatic errors 
everywhere mm. and it it just seemed like that kind of person didn't wasn't able to express themselves clearly where it, it, this character didn't have that issue and i think that is more of an issue with the director not knowing how to do it so therefore i will just get my character to explain how they feel well yeah todd phillips has always had a knack for um uh style in his films and even his even films like road trip and the hangover in old school they've they've got a like definite and palpable sense of cinematic style but he's certainly not known for um being a particularly thoughtful filmmaker. Well, this is certainly from a visual perspective and from a from a pure, um, you know, uh, you know photographic standpoint, etc. This is a really sophisticated achievement for him. I think. I think it looks really good, and it it's it seems. And I, as I was watching it, I was saying, Todd Phillips directed this. Like, I didn't know he was capable of it. But at the same time, have you read any of the things that he's said about it? And the, the, so he's got this whole rant he goes on about how woke culture has prevented uh, anyone yeah. from being able to do to tell funny jokes anymore because all the f- and all the funny people say have said fuck this i can't be funny anymore because i can't tell off-color racial humor or something like that and so this is my response to that so it's like when you hear some of that stuff you say look this guy doesn't know what the fuck he means to do with this movie he's just he's basically throwing a bunch of hundred dollar bills in the air and watching everyone scramble at them and he doesn't care what happens it's it's the same kind of puckish chaos that the joker himself supports i think and so that's why i kind of the knowing this is his perspective kind of annoys me <laughs> yeah but that and that's why like to be honest like that's why it's it's probably a very clever you know move on his behalf because he can as Joss was saying earlier, make comments about things, but also kind of hide behind the fact that it's just a comic book film. You know what I mean? Like this way, he has the the safety of both of both worlds that he that he wants. Well, th- there's no doubt that this is a, an extremely provocative film, and I think as purely art, it is something that is absolutely worth existing and grappling with. It's it's engendered more conversation than any other film this year, any other film for a couple years probably. Any film that does that is a success on some level, I think. But I just kind of think that the ideas that it's putting out there are bad and, and that a lot of the people who watch it will not be able to effectively take the message away from it or disregard the central message. They'll, they'll, they'll interpret it in a way that's harmful to the, to the world, I think. But that's yeah. what, like, I think that's what's... I, I agree with that, but I often don't think that it's the responsibility of the director or Todd Phillips to do that i think it's necessarily i think this film is more so just him being like here is how i view the world i don't necessarily understand it mm-hmm. but this is how i view it and people like this central character exist in the world and exist within our society and i, I absolutely agree with that and i think um so it's kind of difficult because i think i can agree with both sides to some degree this is the kind of film where you can't fully ever grasp your own take on it, I think, because it's kind of changing and evolving. But so I, I was thinking of another example of a film that I know that you and I like really liked, Blake, but John didn't like so much, which was Mother, Darren Aronofsky's film, which I think is similar in the sense that it just throws shit out there for you to consume and make of whatever you want to make of it and is being provocative, but in ways that it may not fully understand. And it's like a Rorschach test for you to determine your own feelings about it. I think Joker is similar to that, but I think a film like Mother 
is more successful by being more abstract and by being, well, this is definitely not happening. Or if it's happening, it's some, it's in some parallel universe where the normal rules don't apply. Whereas in the Joker, there's a whole lot of, is this a dream? Is this his, his own psychosis? And it's, it's, there's, there's, there's a lot of, this is probably really happening. And, I don't know, I'm kind of getting off track here, but I, I feel no, I like going, I agree with you, both I, films are provocative, but Mother is provocative for me in a more interesting way. But uh, even still, at the end of this film, I was still, I feel like, questioned when we went, we saw him in the mental asylum dancing down the halls. I was like, did any of that happen? Or Right, maybe none of it happened. Like, right. was it all just a, uh, something he's created? Like, even the concept of how easy he got on that talk show, I was like, I just don't... Yeah. And like I think that was, I could understand like all that fantasy stuff, and it's the same thing of the end of Taxi Driver, and it's the same thing of King of Comedy, where it's just like you question, you question at the end of those films whether what you're seeing is reality or if it's just this illusion that this character kind of. Now, do you think in 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 thirty years, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is going to be playing the talk show host? And then, another, and then another younger person is going to come on and kill him. What do you think? In the uh, King of Comedy <laughs> remake. That's right. Yeah. What do you guys think of Joaquin Phoenix? Did you really like that performance? Did you find it consistent? or? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a strong performance. It, I think inevitably it uh, invites comparisons to Heath Ledger, which is unfortunate because they are such different characters even though they're playing the same character. Yeah. Um, and I felt like uh, Phoenix's Joker was the first Joker that wasn't appealing at all. So, you know, like, he, he th- it was some sort of charisma, and there was this weird perverse appeal in his lack of, uh, you know, in his idealism, or, you know, his uh, uh, interest in anarchy. And then, uh, who was the Joker before that? It was Jack, Jack Nicholson, Nicholson, was appealing because he was fun. And don't forget Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that stuff? It's, uh, Jared Leto's, like, just often just uh, been yeah, like, stop sending me this shit. <laughs> and it's just the photo of, like, all the good Jokers picking on Jared Leto. <laughs> But um, I thought it was a strong performance. I feel like the, 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 it was so off the wall, there was not much to grab onto mm-hmm. in terms of uh, him as a character, which I guess was sort of the point. Um, but it was... as, as It felt like a, um, a, a, a collection of well-executed uh, acting tics uh, as opposed to a real character. I think I agree with that, yeah. yeah. Really? See, yeah. I, I, I feel like... Good, I, r- good performance, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. See, I feel like I knew this... I feel like I'd, I... There were similarities I saw in this character to, to I don't know, to, to kids who got picked on in high school or growing up. Like, there like were... The, that... The mama boy innocence that he played, for me, he nailed it. And I... There were, there were, you know, there were kids I remember going to school with being like, I can see that in them. De- yeah. Definitely, but the, but then the, he would he would um, there would be moments that were completely inconsistent with the rest of the performance, yeah, which I feel like um, if there were more of those moments, it might have added a layer to the performance. But it was so um, um, uh, incongruous with with the bulk of the performance that, and I, I'm struggling to think of an, where an he example. ends at the yeah, end. Maybe I think do, I don't find that the arc makes me believe that he ends there. Like, he ends in the kind of, um, you know, sardonic, sarcastic mode that we expect of the Joker. You know, he's not a victim anymore. He's owned it. He has that dance down the stairs to Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2, which 
used to play in stadiums in the U.S. all the time. Um, and he, but I don't believe that he reached that kind of personal uh, epiphany that would create that character change. I feel like he was still the victim, or he should have still been the victim given the sequence of events. And I don't. I think that it, the film just kind of at a certain point said, well, now he's got to start becoming joke, the joke, the recognizable anarchist that we know, and so we have to make that change now. And I also think that – so uh, what, this is another thing I heard is that Joaquin Phoenix particularly played it so that the traits of his mental illness did not resemble any one mental illness that you could pinpoint. So he did different things in different scenes so that it doesn't seem like uh, you know he was doing a par- paranoid schizophrenic or he was doing you know so so that could account for some of the inconsistency. But I agree. I think it felt inconsistent overall. Good good technique, like a really really impressive actor, no doubt. But ultimately, a fully realized character, I'm not really sure. Yeah, but I think that's what the Joker is as well. He Joker is just a inconsistent character. It, but, like but, but even I, he, I, even Heath Ledger's one, you can never even though his character's the same, even the story he tells about. How he got his scars. The Joker is always shifting and moving so much that you never get a full idea De- of definitely who this person is. As a is. character, but I think Heath Ledger's Joker was a fully realised character. Even though you never got an idea of who he was, it felt like a full character to well, me. Because he was a mastermind and he was intentionally misleading people. And that's the yeah. thing. Is I don't see this Joker becoming... A master, a criminal mastermind, the way that I felt Heath, Ledger, Heath Ledger's was. Yeah, yeah. I, I also don't like the fact that he's on the scene for 15 years before Batman even becomes Batman. Me neither. Let's not get into that. I agree. <laughs> I, he, if anything, he's probably more an Adam West Joker. <laughs> I would uh, top three. Sure. Uh, who went first last time? Blake, do you want to do the explanation and the first going? Uh, the exclamation. Expl- Ex- oh, see, I'm already nervous. All right, Derek, take it, take it away, mate. <laughs> I'll start, sure. Um, superhero movies. No, it's not as simple as that. Non-traditional superhero movies. Unconventional superhero movies, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I struggled with um, So there were a lot of things that could have qualified for here, and I kind of just uh, went with my gut on this a little bit. So my number three was super, <laughs> super. I don't know if you've seen it. The James oh, I've been meaning to watch it, but haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, it stars Rain Wilson from The Office and Ellen Page. And Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's in it too. And Liv Tyler? Yes. Wow. You, you and Michael Jackson. Are you sure you haven't seen this film? Uh, um, I don't want it to. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's got a really interesting mix of tones. It's like comedic in parts, but it's like super violent in other parts. And Rain Wilson is like this demented superhero who's like, you're supposed to be rooting for him, but he's really, really off of his... I mean, like, I almost feel like I'd like to see Rain Wilson's Joker. Like, he's a bit crazy in this film. And it's a really interesting film. Um, number two, I have reservations about this, but I wanted to get a little love in for Watchmen. Um, I actually really, really like Zach. I think it's the best thing that Zack Snyder's ever done, actually. Um, and um, it's it's a one-off. It was never going to have. It was a, a low bar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have well, you no, it don't, again forget, recently? don't forget the, uh, the the Dawn of the Dead he made. That was really good. Oh, 300? Uh, no. <laughs> we'll <laughs> talk about that. But <laughs> Have you watched it again I recently? I watched Watchmen about two years ago. Did you? I really think? like it. Oh, I watched it so, about six months ago and I didn't think it held up. So I didn't like the original cut. And then somehow it was on TV or it came on the ultimate cut, which goes for four and a half hours. 
and I liked that cut, but I hated the theatrical Four and cut. Four and a half hours. Yeah, wow. but the, 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 the ultimate cut was actually really cool. But also, I think, check out the TV show. I just watched that last oh, week. Cool. And it's really good. So at the time that film came out, which was 10 years ago, we still hadn't seen a lot of like R-rated. Uh, yeah, true. You know, it was ahead of its time. That. And that's, there's some, like one of the superheroes like rapes somebody in that film. It's like, it's it's pretty, yeah, nice. it's pretty you, full on you, for, for something that was a big studio film. So I, I always appreciated that. And my number one is uh, really outside the box. It's Birdman. Birdman. Ah. I saw Birdman again on, on Friday, actually. Um, and uh, it's got a lot of backlash as a Best Picture winner, but I actually really still like it. And and that is a superhero movie. Did you, He's you got ended superpowers. Up that 10, he does didn't have you? superpowers. What? You ended up giving it that 10, didn't you? No, I actually gave it a 9, but actually, but that's because it was one of the first reviews I wrote for you, uh, and I was afraid to give it a 10. But in my own personal rankings, it was a 10, and it was my number one film of that year. So you lied to our so readers. I lied to our readers. But I, I, I was afraid it wouldn't hold it up. Won't be I the watched last it again time. the other day, <laughs> and it, I, yeah, it still works for me. Yep. Someone else go. That's you, Blakey. You're that's someone me. else. That's me. Uh, my number three is The Crow. That uh, was on my short list. All uh, right, oh, mate. Don't you try and. Nah, Get I love the crow. My little thing. I saw that in the cinema. Don't give me that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah go check it out. Braden Lee. Fantastic. Did you say Braden? Braden? Brendan. Brandon. Brandon? Yep. Braden? Brandon. Braden? He is so good in that film. He was really good. <laughs> you prefer Braden, do you? <laughs> he really had a future ahead of him. Yeah. yeah. That didn't work yep. out, unfortunately. Yeah, so that, that, and that film's awesome. And like, even considering all the, you know, Braden, Brandon, you know, cloud around it, it was still good and it's still worth watching uh my number two is akira uh which mm. is a film i've just watched again recently i haven't watched it since uh, i was a kid but man that that film is so that film's whack that just is just goes to another level in, in exploring like all sorts of crazy teddy bear with crying milk eyes kind of shit <laughs> Anim- anime is good for some teddy bears with crying milk oh, eyes oh man it's Hitting just like just like, I just love it, the fact that they're willing to go batshit crazy like that, like, <laughs> 20, 20, 30 years ago. And it's like, oh, just putting out there. I got this idea. I want to do it. We're doing it. And, and I'm, I'm still including not really a teddy sure. bear with crying milk eyes. <laughs> I just heard today that Taika Waititi is eventually yeah. going to direct He's going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Let's hope he includes the T-B-W-C-M-E. Ah, uh, yep. The, uh, the old, <laughs> that old acronym one? that everyone loves. <laughs> And my number one is The Mask, baby. Uh, yeah. yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm um, dressed up as Cuban Pete at my birthday party last year. So <laughs> that burned into my memory forever. That, that, that film has been referenced on this podcast, uh, and won't be the last. Yeah, Mask rules. Yeah. But also honorable mention, honorable mention to Chronicle. I thought that uh, was yeah. really good. Ooh. Didn't like it? I did not like Crime. Oh, get out. That's but that a absolutely film. qualifies for this list, though. That's yes. like a little homage to um, Akira as well. So which is why Chronicles I'm like another one that I consider, which was Brightburn, which is too, too new that came uh, out this yeah. year. I don't know if anyone's seen it. but I haven't seen that. John O. Uh, I struggled with this one, so I don't even like my number three that much. Mystery Men. Um, oh, yeah. I kind of like that film. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. The bowling ball. It's great. Yeah. They number two. Qu- is there's a good quote in that that says, we're number one. Everyone else is number two or lower. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't that good. Uh, yeah, my, number my, my number two is The Mask as well. Ah, um, cheeky boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and number one is Unbreakable. I'm surprised that didn't make other really. Yeah, I, really I really love it. I don't actually love it. Have you guys seen Mr. Class? I haven't seen that one. Yet. It's crap. Oh. Yeah. Worse than Splice? Split. Split. 
Uh, split starring Brandon or oh, Braden uh, Lee. <laughs> oh, Splice! Uh, Splice is an interesting one. You should see that. Have you ever seen Splice? Vincenzo Nat- Natale. Yes. Yeah, about the long, like weird creatures yeah. that. Yeah, anyway. Long time yeah. ago. <laughs> um, Splits crap, uh, and Mr. Glass is crapper or Glass. I think it's just called is it's worse. Crapper. It's really bad. Yeah. Oh. Um, that's a shame. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, our final thoughts on Joker. I want to hear more of your thoughts on Unbreakable. Uh, I really like it. <laughs> Brilliant. <Yeah. laughs> Final thoughts on Jacob? I'll say that uh, I think I said pretty much everything I wanted to say, except Z- I wish Zazie Beats had more to do in that film because I love Zazie Beats. Yeah, I, I want to watch it again as well. Is the I also want to know is the psychiatrist at the end of the film is she the same one at the start? No, no. So they're different actresses. <laughs> and they're, and they're I both, loved her line. Minority. No one cares about you. What yeah. a thing to say to someone who's incredibly <laughs> mentally ill. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's all we've got time for. This has been the Real Good Podcast. My name is John Roebuck. Thank you, Blaggy. No one cares about you. <laughs> and no one cares. Wait. <laughs> and thank you, Derek. Why? So, no, somebody already said that. Serious. Uh, for more everything, go to realgood.com.au. That's really, really with two E's. E's. Thanks, guys. Bye. Mm-hmm.